This is Archive Atlanta, episode 156, Fernbank Forest. You're listening to Archive Atlanta, a history podcast where each week I'll be sharing a story about the people, places, and events that shape the history of the city of Atlanta. I'm your host, local tour guide, and total history nerd, Victoria Lemos. Hey everyone, happy Friday. So this week's mini episode uh, comes out of the Patreon archives, and it was requested by a listener probably more than a year ago. So when I first recorded it, I had not been to visit, but that has since changed. I think we went um, over the summer. So with a new kind of renewed perspective, I am going to share the story about Fernbank Forest and how it was preserved for Atlantans to enjoy today. If you are not familiar, Fernbank Forest is a 65-acre old-growth forest with some trees that are several hundred years old. There are white oaks, uh, tulip, poplars, lob, lolly pines, American beech, uh, different oaks, hickory, maples. And so you might be thinking, you know, as I did the first day, like, all right, all right, it's a forest, but, you know, what makes it so special? To tell the story of the forest, we must first go back to mention Native people self-identified as Muscogee Creek, who lived on this land and saw these trees in their infancy. I do not know which white man was given the land in the land lotteries, but we pick up ownership in 1881 with Colonel Harrison. Colonel Zadok Daniel Harrison was born in 1824 in Randolph County, Georgia. His father was named Secretary of State, and so the family all moved to Milledgeville, Georgia, because it was the capital at the time. As a young adult, he attended Oglethorpe, but he did not get to finish because the Civil War broke out in 1861. During the war, he goes to work for Governor Jenkins, and he studies law under Colonel William McKinley. So by 1867, this is post-two years post-war, Z.D. Harrison was admitted to the Georgia Bar, and he first practiced law with William T. Newman, which whom he formed the firm of Harrison and Peoples. Not long after, he goes to work for the federal court, and that position he held for 66 years. In 1872, he married Laura Ligon Hendry from Alabama, and they would go on to have seven or eight kids. Honestly, it could be off for one or two. I had a hard time keeping track of them because it was listed in a family history, then later in a newspaper that added names I didn't have. But they were a high society family and their children certainly continued that legacy. So they married into other very prominent families. His son George became a minister. Uh, two of his daughters were very interested in education. Cornelia Frances Harrison went on to start the Out of Door School, which today is the second oldest private school in Florida. Emily Stewart Harrison was the editor of the Southern Educational Magazine. This is about 1900. And then later, she was a professor of English literature at Shorter College. In 1881, Harrison and J.J. Wynn bought and co-owned large plots of land part of what today is Fernbank Forest. By 1889, Z.D. assumed sole ownership. In 1893, he deeded a large tract of that land, which again contained the forest, to his wife Laura, and together they decided to build a summer cottage on the southwest corner. They named this summer home Fernbank. To provide access from Atlanta to his summer estate, Z.D. constructed a plank road from Little Five Points to the forest area, following the present Euclid Avenue, veering off near North Avenue, across present Clayandler Park, and then continuing into the forest. A wooded path existed along the route of today's Ponsilian Avenue, but the main connection of the time between Decatur and Atlanta was the road known as Atlanta Avenue, which followed the railroad. 
1913, Harrison sold 11 and a half acres to Dr. Frederick Hodgson, and he built a home called Wildwoods. That family raised seven children here, so they played and they fell in love with the forest. And when Hodgson died at the house in 1965, the property was deeded, and then by 1968, it was used as the Fernbank Science Center's Exhibit Preparatory Laboratory. But let's get back to the 1930s for a moment. In 1931, Laura Harrison died, and then two years later, ZD lends 60 acres to the local Girl Scout troop to establish Camp Fernbank. The colonel retired from his legal career, and after this, in 1935, he passes away. He's buried at Westview Cemetery with his wife. Immediately, there is an understanding that this land is in danger of being sold or developed, and so a corporation, Fernbank Inc., is created to preserve it. Formed in 1939, it was led by T. Guy Wolford as president. Guy and his brother Cater had started a company called Retail Credit Company in 1899, which today is Equifax. Along with him was a long list of prominent Atlantans with names like Rich, Winship, and Inman, and their goal is to purchase 70 acres of virgin trees, some estimated to be 300 years old. The group's first meeting was at the home of Preston Arkwright, which still stands today, and they had Dr. W.B. Baker from Emory University speak to the forest's importance. Months later, Mrs. Inman invites 50 women to ask for donations. They needed this money because the land was going to cost $35,000, which was a lot of money in the 1930s. And while the donations had been rolling in, the organization had not reached its goal. From the onset, their plan was to buy the land and then immediately give it to Emery, who would care for it and use it for educational and scientific purposes. Agnes Scott would also be able to use it too. That was part of the deal. The entirety of 1939 was filled with fundraising events. They had teas, they had parties, but they did it. They raised the funds to save the forest. Fernbank Inc. is the fourth oldest environmental conservation not-for-profit in the United States. In 1964, the Fernbank trustees developed a 48-year lease, which was accepted by DeKalb County Board of Education, agreeing to manage and maintain the forest in exchange for offering free access to the public. The lease was renewable in eight-year intervals for a maximum of 48 years. Throughout the 1940s, the site was used for science fairs and teaching events, and eventually this gave birth to the Fernbank Science Museum that we all know and love today. Ground broke for the permanent museum space in 1989, and it opened to the public in 1992. So why is this forest so important? It is one of the only remnants of the vegetation that originally covered the Piedmont region, which is where Atlanta is located. And almost all of Atlanta's original forests are gone. You know, whether we did it during Civil War or development, you know, or five years ago, um, being in this natural space is the closest you can be to what the area looked like hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So there you have it the short story of Fernbank Forest. Thank you everyone for listening. Remember to leave a rating and or a review wherever you listen. You can also visit the Patreon link in the show notes to support the podcast. Hope everyone has a great weekend and I'll talk to you next week.